0: Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7 says, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now go with me to Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. The Bible says, The king, uh, speaking of the Antichrist, shall do according to his will. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god shall speak marvelous things against the god of gods and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished for that that is determined shall be done so I'm preaching on the spirit of the antichrist guarding against the spirit of the antichrist moving into the church antichrist is not my concern how many of you are going to stick around to, to to find out the identification and the revelation of the Antichrist. Let me see your hands. You're, that's your plan? You're going to stick around? I, I actually know people who, who think they are. So bless their heart. They might. I don't know. And they, they might. I have no intentions of sticking around. My concern is not who he is or how he reveals himself. My bigger concern is we understand. Go with me to First John for just a minute. The spirit of the Antichrist is our concern because the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world. The spirit of the Antichrist will precede the person of the Antichrist and is already being revealed, uh, uh, not just here in the United States, but across the world, Uh, the spirit of this age. How many of you come to the realization the spirit of this age is the spirit of the Antichrist? It permeates everything. The education, every system that we have now is permeated by the spirit of the Antichrist. Our politics is permeated with the spirit of the Antichrist. Our school system, our universities, from the teachers now to the students, your workplace environment, the large corporations, TV, radio, everything is permeated, inundated with the spirit of the Antichrist. And we ought to be aware, we need to be careful. How many understand it is the job of the preacher to be a prophet and blow the trumpet? And God has placed men uh, to, to preach and proclaim the truth because. When you're in this kind of environment, if you're not careful, it just tends to become part of your, as much as you resist it, if you're not careful, you can actually bring some of it into the church environment because we have human nature, amen, and we're surrounded by it. Now look what it says, 1 John 2, verse 22. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? That obviously makes a man a liar. He is what? It makes him more than just a liar. It makes him, according to the Bible, Antichrist, he that denieth the Father and the Son. Goes me to chapter 4, verse 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit, look what it says, of the Antichrist. Wherever you have heard that it should come, and even now, it, it, it was here 2,000 years ago, but now it's fast forward. How many of you realize in the past two years, or let's just go back 18 months from this? all the news about COVID and all these things, it's just multiplied in men and in politics and in society, the spirit, it's unleashed the spirit of the Antichrist. Look what it says in Second John. You can turn to any chapter in 2 John, your preference, just find verse 7, you'll be okay. (laughs) For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. How many realize the theme here? Now think about this for a minute. You have, I don't know what the most recent statistic is. 350 million, Johnny would note to the person, the exact person, that's what he does, that's his profession. If you have 350 million people in the United States of America, I would say half of those have heard the gospel on some level and rejected Jesus Christ as the Son of God, the Savior of the world, which naturally means they're going to have the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, we're born again, we're children of God. Here's the problem, if we're not inundated in the Word of God... We're inundated in the spirit, the Antichrist, every day. It's uh, Listen, it comes out of the mouth and the mind of your boss and your co-workers, radio on the way to work and the TVs that are on, wherever you're working, and the music and everything. It, you're just being barraged 24-7. Now, let's, let's identify what the spirit is of the Antichrist is. Go back with me to Daniel for a minute. Keep your finger. Both of these texts tonight because we'll be going back and forth to both of them. Look what it says. in Daniel 11, verse 36, which we just read. The king. Now, this is the first characteristic of the Antichrist. He shall what? Do according to his will. You know what the spirit of the Antichrist is? Just. Doing your will. We, th- we think that uh, as long as I'm not smoking or drinking or doing drugs or fornicating or committing adultery, I'm basically in God's will. No, Satan, Satan's not out to get you into drugs. He doesn't, he doesn't need drugs or alcohol to get you to ruin your life or waste your life. His will is simply for you to do your will. You know what the Antichrist comes doing? Promoting himself, someone who's absorbed with doing according to his own will. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, because we're supposed to be Christ-like is the Bible command. And maybe as we take a look at this, and I'm always astounded by the curiosity concerning Bible prophecy, but especially the Antichrist. I remember years ago in Mexico... Right after 911, uh, one we had already gotten into the college there. Right after all of this happened, all of these things unfolded, I started a few nights of Bible prophecy. And those college kids would come in droves. You could preach on anything else in the Bible. They were not interested. But you preached on Israel, the end times, the mark of the beast, the antichrist. Everybody wanted to come in here because they thought it was the end of the world. Isn't it amazing? how instead of being focused on what God wants to do in our life and doing his will, we get curious about all these things, details that God didn't even give us. But here's one clear detail concerning the Antichrist. His primary characteristic, he shall do according to his own will. So here's my question. We're committing to be Christ-like, but if we're not careful, maybe we find ourselves more antichrist Like, We don't want to bring his philosophy into a church setting where we're coming still to do our own will. And here's what's amazing. You you have someone get saved, born again. They begin to study the Word of God, learn, go through discipleship, and everything's new. And they go through that funny stage where everything in life seems to be a sin. Because everything God saved them from, they need to be physically saved from. So oh, I shouldn't do that, and I shouldn't do that, and besides eating cereal, what can I do that's not sin? Well, you know, you live your life smoking and drinking and cursing and fussing with your wife and beating the dog, and you come to the realization God wants to change you. But here's the problem. You make those changes, and at some point you get comfortable in your Christian life, and instead of seeking His will, it's just easy to fall in the trap of just saying, you know what, I have no vice to eliminate from my life. I have no, you know, nothing that really anyone can point at my life that's evil, wicked, despicable, dirty. That's not the question. The question is: do we have the mind of the Antichrist? The Antichrist simply says, I am consumed with doing my will. We ought to come to church. With a philosophy of the mindset, God, what are you trying to do in my life? I want to make sure I'm surrendered and obedient and doing exactly what you'd have me to do. It's called a spirit the antichrist, the spirit of selfishness. Consume. And you know what we see now? We we talk about this as pastors, and it's mentioned from the pulpit. Why are we seeing fewer and fewer young people surrender to full-time service? It's very, very easy to identify. Never in the history of our nation have we had more material goods in the possibility of having material goods. So parents are now more consumed than ever with making sure their kids have material goods. Do you remember your childhood? You remember when you were poor and didn't even realize you were poor? You were poor and didn't even care. You were poor and everyone else was poor and no one cared? You had three pair of pants and they were all high water and the holes in the knees and no one thought twice about it? And now, kids, if they don't have designer jeans and $200 shoes and if their pants don't fit them, just so. So, parents are consumed with the fact no, you, you've got to have a career and I don't mean $60,000 a year. Oh, no, that's not going to work. We've, we've got to find something potentially that's going to help you pocket $200,000 a year. You are going to be successful at all costs. If I have to kill you, you're going to be successful. And we have brought the philosophy of the Antichrist right into the church where everyone that calls themselves a child of God is now consumed with doing his own will. So we say, as long as we've boxed out, uh, the, the biggest sins, the easily identified sins, the carnal, worldly, fleshly sins that everyone could attack me for, those no longer are part of my life. Now I can just do my will and be fine. How many of you have noticed, if, if you've been saved long enough, things have drastically changed in, when I say the church, okay, listen, we're not universal church. You guys understand where I'm coming from. Individual churches across this nation. You could travel, you'd visit churches, whatever church you used to go to 25, 30 years ago. Things were drastically different then than they are now. How many of you realize those, you've seen those changes? What happened? Spirit of the Antichrist. Not the Antichrist. Antichrist didn't come in. The spirit of the age, the spirit of the Antichrist came in where Christians simply said, I'm going to do according to my own will. Look what it says, second point. He shall exalt himself. Doesn't this sound like, now, hold on for a second. I'm not talking about the world. Let's, Let's separate the world and the church. The world's always exalted itself. You don't have to go back and point at Nebuchadnezzar or Herod or some political leader, some basketball star, whoever it is. The world's always done that. But now this is behavior you find in the church, from the leadership on down. Pastors that exalt themselves, teachers and musicians, and uh, how many of you remember there was a day that didn't even leave me a microphone uh, to help me out here at all? There, there was a day when people used to stand behind microphones and sing. And I know technology has changed, and we don't want 58 cables up here, and I understand all the rest. I've bought cordless mics, but now they've got to swallow the mic. They've got to play with the mic. They've got to massage the mic. Now, I am not making this up. I've seen everything under the sun. Kim and I were at a conference, and this family got up to sing, and this girl on her way up flipped her hair like eight times up to the platform. And then she got up here and grabbed the mic. I was like, that's not cordless. You don't need to grab it. But in the middle of the song, my wife is here, so help me God. I'm not making this up. I'm not exaggerating. In the middle of the song, she went, oh, oh, oh and thumped her throat. And then she went back to flipping her ear. And then Dad said, we just want to make sure we do this for the honor and glory of God. I said, Pastor, you're being critical. No, I'm, I'm being honest tonight that there was a day when we were consumed with the honor and glory of God and the spirit of the Antichrist has moved into the church where there's a lot of self-exaltation, and it starts in the home where parents are telling their kids that they're superstars and beautiful and intelligent. You know, it starts, I get these mothers, the first child syndrome, you know, the mother says, this, he's three years old, and he can already say my name. <laughs> That's good. Maybe there's some functional brainwaves there. Happy for that. He's a pastor. I don't know how many times I've just told my face, look normal, look normal. Do not smirk. There's a lot of, it's, it's amazing more Christians don't have broken arms patting themselves on the back. This ought to be about the glory of God. Singing ought to be about the glory of God. Teaching ought to be about the glory of God. Preaching ought to be about the glory of God. Everyday life ought to be about the glory of God. But society has told us, exalt yourself. And so now, in order not to have to exalt ourselves, we need to live in nicer neighborhoods and drive nicer cars and wear nicer clothes so others might exalt us. That's how silly we become. Now, once again, this isn't, we're not talking Michael Jackson or Britney Spears or Britney Shears or whatever she is based on the day. We're talking about singers in God's house and young people in God's house all caught up in the trap of self-exaltation, self-promotion. I'm shocked at the number of Baptists who have to sell a CD or a book or put their name on something. Thank God for books and CDs. I think if you're smart enough to write one, I would put your name on it. But some of you ought to be ghosts. As awful as the writing is, I'd just be a ghost writer and put someone else's name on that. I said, Pastor, are you, are you trying to attack people? No, I'm trying to attack the philosophy and the spirit of the Antichrist. Because what God put this in Scripture, and he says... He shall exalt himself. So if I'm in the business of exalting myself, I have brought the spirit of the Antichrist. What did Christ do? Christ is the opposite of everything the Antichrist is. What did Christ do? Philippians 2. He humbled himself and took on, God in the flesh took on the form of a servant. That's Christianity. Christianity is not saying, look what I've done and listen to what I've accomplished and pay attention to who I am. I've never ceased to be shocked. You go, you go to these big conferences and you got the table for the elites. Here's what the Antichrist is going to do He's going to come in, and this is all going to be about forget God, focus on me. And we see that in the Antichrist. It's just hard. When we have to identify that in ourselves and say, maybe I'm bringing some of that with me into a church environment. He shall exalt himself and do what? That's called the spirit of pride. So the spirit of the Antichrist is what? Spirit of selfishness? Spirit of pride? Oh, it gets worse. He shall magnify himself above every god. He he places himself... Above every God shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods and shall prosper doing it. Placing himself above God. Say, Pastor, no, nope, this is the one where I escaped. There was a time when God's people and God's church was focused on being biblical. What's the word of God say? Let's go learn the word of God. Teachers in the Sunday school taught the Bible and Bible colleges. Taught the Bible, and you could go to church and hear the Bible preached. And people went home and read their Bibles and studied. You ask preachers now to write commentaries if they can sell them. There ain't no one buying commentaries. They don't read their Bible, they're certainly not going to read a commentary. There's, there's a general Bible ignorance. Now, let me just ask you, we're talking about any bit of Baptist churches, but let's make this broader. We're talk, just talking about any building that puts church on the front door uh, or the rock or the stone or the stoned or whatever they are. Who in those places are preaching the Bible? Who in those places are teaching the Bible? So what they're doing, they're placing themselves above the God of gods. And they're creating a congregation of people that have come with the spirit of the Antichrist where they know they can't preach the Bible because there's a resistance to the word of God because that they have to admit there's a final authority. There's right, there's wrong, there's that which is acceptable to God, that which is unacceptable to God. There's righteousness and unrighteousness, holiness and unholiness. And if someone preaches the Bible, those things are going to be clearly defined. But here's what the Antichrist does. He's, he's bringing in new morality that is superior to biblical righteousness. Is not that the day we're living in? You have people that despise the Word of God. They're as unbiblical. They're, they're not unbiblical. They're anti-biblical in everything they do. They hate what the Word of God says but they 're morally superior, their religion says i 'm good i, I don 't hurt anyone i don 't hate anyone i 'm nicer than you i 'm kinder than you i, I don 't push anyone' away I, I love everyone i 'm morally superior to you because I have a son that 's homosexual, and you don 't no we 're talking about religious people because exalted themselves above the God of gods and Church, be careful because this spirit of the Antichrist is now permeating churches where people come in and they say, I I don't like that. It's in the word of God. I don't like it. So they exalt themselves above the word of God. Say, I'm not going to submit to that. I'm not going to heed that. I'm not going to obey that. And they establish a pattern in their spiritual life of placing themselves above the God of gods because the spirit of the day you know what pastors used to do? Nothing was off limits. Nothing in the word of God was off limits. No tone was off limits. Yeah. Yeah. There were hackers. Yeah. There were those that said, hey, hand, amen. And then they'd say a phrase, hand, amen. And they say, amen, and hack 632 times. And 400 people come back and listen to that three times a week because they were going to hear the word of God. And they'd filter through all the rest. But now, if, if the pastor doesn't come and massage their ego and fill them with the power of positive thinking and tell them it's their best life now and prop up their sorry stage of so-called Christianity, it's a spirit of the Antichrist that has now, hold on, not permeated the world and not permeated social clubs that are so-called churches, but now has permeated independent fundamental Baptist churches where people have, because they do it in society, now they bring it into the church and they say, Pastor, I don't need you to preach that to me. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do my own thing. I have exalted myself above God. And I don't really care if it's in the book. And I don't care if it's part of God's word because I'm simply not going to do it. He's going to magnify, you know, here's here's what's, Funny, magnify himself. He's a little man, and God's gonna eliminate him in, in a second, a millisecond. But he's gonna magnify himself. and if you ever put a magnifying glass on something? I have all books now I have small lettering. How am are at that stage of life. How many do you do it? You know, you got your glasses, and then you got your second pair of glasses, and then you got readers. I mean, you have readers kind of everywhere. You know what you have to do? You take something very small and you blow it up a little bit. Does that change the size? In reality, does that change the size? That just changes the way you look at it. Yep. He magnifies himself because he's a little guy. But in his eyes, in the eyes of the world, he's gonna blow himself up above every God. Now, here's what he's gonna do. When he when he magnifies himself above every God, go made a Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.3, that means he's going to demand to be worshipped. I realize there's a world out there that's demanding to be worshipped. Sports stars. If I go eat a restaurant, I want to be worshipped because I do this. And then sometimes from like 20 feet back, I do this. And then you hear, and the scoreboard reads three. You need to worship me. And I can take a stick, hit a ball, and it lands in a yard, nicely mowed. And then I take a different stick, and I roll it into a cup. Please bow. (laughs) And I can jaculate, make my voice do crazy things, and let Satan pour filth out of my mouth. Worship me. Now, hold on for a minute. That's the world, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. You expected in the unsaved that it rejected Christ as the Savior because 1 John tells us he that denieth that Jesus is God in the flesh is an Antichrist. Okay, we understand. That. But what about in the church now where we're seeing people demand, that little kids demand to be worshiped. You say, I don't believe that. Come teach in the school for a little while. Come work with Donald in his class for a while. They demand worship. Don't look at me like that. Don't greet me like that. Don't talk to me like that. I don't know how else to talk to you. I just said hello. (laughs) That spirit now has not just permeated an entire world, 195 countries. It's not just permeated Austin and our communities and our corporations and our politicians. It is now seeping into the pores and out of the pores of our church members and kids. You know, when I was in school, I remember just walking in. There was a general respect that all of us had for Pastor Bob. And not just because he was a principal, but it would have been for any principal. There was a general respect for teachers. There was a general respect for authority. There was general respect for the policemen. There was general respect for politicians. There was general respect for firemen, for bosses, for business owners. There was general respect for waitresses. And now the whole world's walking around saying, no, 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 no. You worship me. It's called the spirit of the Antichrist. Placing himself above God, demanding what only God deserves, look what it says in chapter 2, verse 3, that no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now imagine this. Everything that the Holy Spirit of God, verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity, it's already working. Only he who now letteth will let, until he, the Holy Spirit of God, be taken out of the way. If, If you thought the world was wicked now, if you thought Austin was wicked now, if you thought our schools were despicable now, if you thought human nature was out of control now, imagine the Spirit gone, the Bible gone, the church gone. That's going to be unbelievable. But look what it says. Who opposeth, the Antichrist opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this man has declared himself to be God. Now, we understand that he rides into his power in the back of one world religion, but halfway through the tribulation, what's he do? He said, I'm done with you. The Bible calls that religion the great whore. Now, it doesn't matter what you think, if that's, New Age philosophy, or I've heard it preached for years. It's a Roman Catholic church, and some would claim it's a Muslim. None of that matters. What matters is he's saying, uh, I used religion as a whore, and now that I am in this position of power, I'm going to exalt myself as God and demand uh, the whole world. When you take that mark, you're okay. Here's what he wants what God has. God saved you, and God owned you, and God deserves your worship, and God deserves your praise, and He wants what God has, just as Satan go just a quick reminder, Isaiah, for just a minute, chapter 12. This is what got Satan thrown uh, Isaiah 14. This is what got Satan thrown out of heaven, and Satan is going to control, control the Antichrist for the first three and a half years of the tribulation. And then I believe from that point on, he actually indwells and takes over his physical body during the second half. But look what it says in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Now, can you imagine here's Satan in heaven. He has everything, beauty, musical talent, heaven itself, everything anybody could ever imagine with the exception of he's not God and he's not going to have worship the deserves that is deserved only by God. And that angers him. He said, I want to be like God, and I want to be worshipped like God. So he will, Satan, in uh, uh, literally taking over the very body of the Antichrist, will demand worship that only God demands. Now, church, once again, remember the purpose of this entire message tonight. This is about the spirit of the Antichrist, not the Antichrist. Because once again, I we're going to be raptured out. We had a dead hug. And we look at this world. I don't think the average Christian realizes how close we are. I'm watching Christians just live clueless. So consumed with the moment, so consumed with the day, so consumed with the politics, so consumed with materialism, so consumed with everything else. But the bigger issue is this. The spirit of the Antichrist that permeates the world and now there are men everywhere, and whether that it doesn't matter their position in society, they can be an actor, they can be an author, they can be a politician, they can be a musician, they can be an athlete, whatever they are, they literally want to be worshipped. And guess what Internet has done? It's provided it, anyone now can be worshipped. I'm a TikTok star because I can do this. And now I had someone. I I don't do social media. I don't don't pay attention. I don't need to watch that. I don't need you to bring me stuff. But someone brought me uh, the other day YouTube, and they said, Pastor, have you seen? I'm like, please, please don't ruin my day. <laughs> but Pastor, you know this person. I'm like, please don't ruin my day. <laughs> pastor, you've got to see this. And it was a it was it was almost like a pitiful joke. Here's this. Person with no life trying to be an internet star, it was just it was so pitiful. And uh, you know, F3 likes. <laughs> you humiliated yourself for three likes. But if they could only see themselves, but you, but you know what it is it's the spirit of the Antichrist that's permeated the world, and now they think they have a chance to be worshiped if they just. Put their talent, their beauty, their ability, their persona onto the internet, it's, they're going to have 16 million viewers and 48,000 friends and 25,000 of these. And you think it's funny, but for some people, they worship these. That their life is about this. They have no clue who's giving them this. Maybe a druggie. But he he gave you one of these. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. Now, hold on for a second. Now you have preachers talking about how many of these they got on a message. And how many hits they got on a sermon. And how many views they got on a service. When we went into COVID, I had pastor friends that hadn't opened their (coughs) church doors in six months. But preacher, I run 150 and we have 1,500 views a week on Facebook and 800 views a week. I said, tell me how many you're going to have fill in your pew when you reopen your doors. Those people are not going to pay the bills. Those are people you will never pastor. That's right. That's right. Now, tell me that's even worship. That's the most hollow form of worship you could possibly fabricate. But the spirit, did you guys understand where we're going tonight? The spirit of the Antichrist now has permeated the church. Number five, he will come to power. The Antichrist is going to come to power through great deception. Look what it says, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no man, now what's the repeated theme in prophecy? Let no man what? Deceive you. The great deception we're living in those days. How many of you remember the the first days of COVID? We bought some vitamins and some wet wipes and some hand sanitizer. And I told the kids to be careful and, you know, took these precautions. And then after about a month, and then how many of you got sick and you didn't die? I survived it. How long did it take for you to realize there was a lot of deception going on? Yes, no, yeah. Why is it that just now, they're going out with the most recent study this past week, is that masks can protect you from about 10%, but we, we already knew that. Because Fauci told us that from the beginning, right? That's right. How many were already initially said, don't wear a mask, it won't do anything for you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've been a doctor all your life. And said mass won't do anything. And then suddenly, you started studying, what? Viruses or microbes or bacteria or... You said, Pastor, are you preaching against mass? Yes. Some of you would look a whole lot better if you... <laughs> i not opposed to mass. Do whatever. Float your boat. But how you understand that this is, you know, is vaccine the mark of the peace? No. If I take the vaccine, if I take the mark of the beast, no. But how many understand this is creating a philosophy that is promoting the spirit of the Antichrist where you have the whole world. When you have, when you have a virus closed down churches in 195 nations, when you have a worldwide agenda that is explained in the book of Revelation, how many of you Previous to COVID, in your mind, you're looking at prophecy thinking, how is that going to happen? Sure. Yeah. One world government, one world economy, one world financial system, right. uh, the closure right. of church. What, how are these things going to happen? And you never your wildest dreams thought a virus. A, li- yeah. With a 99.9% survival rate <laughs> could accomplish everything you do thought couldn't be done. The spirit of the Antichrist, it's based on a big lie. He's going to come to power through a big lie. How many of you often wonder, you you thought about the mark of the peace. You thought, how is the whole world going to come to the point where they're going to accept the mark? Did you think 18 months ago everyone in the whole world would be putting a piece of cloth on their face You'd have people that once would have been arrested walking into a 7-Eleven with a bandana going up to the cash register. The police would have been called. And now, if they don't have a bandana on their face, the police are called. Yeah. Who would have thought you would have seen that day? There's a spirit of deception. People don't listen, literally. They've turned their brains off. The more you listen to uh, the noise, the more you swallow lies of cnn cbs and fox news and whatever when i went down to mexico i walked into my own church now you gotta understand our building in mexico is large our auditorium is bigger than this one and the ceilings are higher you can socially distance without trying when i walked in the door there's a mat that you're supposed to walk through and wipe your feet off now i'm not sure how COVID sticks to the bottom of your feet. I haven't figured all that out yet, but you gotta get the COVIDs off your feet. COVIDs on the leather don't matter, but COVIDs on the rubber matter. So I've never understood quite how COVIDs down here matter more than COVIDs anywhere else. But then you walk through the mat, and then they got the mask there for you, and then they got the machine to spray you down. I'm like, don't, don't you, don't you spray, don't you do that. I built this building. I'll burn it down tomorrow. Don't you spray me with that. And then I walked over and the preacher gave me the funniest looking piece of plastic. You know, you've seen the plastic shields, but this is one that you put up and it goes on your chin and it blocks right here. I'm like, this is going to do what? I got a two inch piece of plastic around my chin. This is going to protect me from bugs if I ride a motorcycle. Yeah. I'm not sure. He said, would you wear it? The authorities. So I put it up on top of my head like a <laughs> like a something. <laughs> People, have we lost our minds? Yes. Is any of that going to keep you any safer? No. You know the reality. None of that's going to make you any safer. But it doesn't matter. All we want to do is make you look like an idiot. And you've already seen the great lie and the big deception that it applies to you and not to them. So as long as you're on Martha's Vineyard, people that come by way of jets because COVID doesn't climb on jets, at least not private ones. And if you dance with ex-presidents, COVID, it cannot be found anywhere. say, Pastor, you're just sarcastic tonight. I'm telling you, the spirit of the Antichrist is everywhere. But the spirit of the Antichrist is based upon deception. You know what we can't take no more? We can't take truth. Now, church, you know what you need to do? You need to just stand up and speak the truth. You know what America needs? People who are just going to speak the truth. We're so fearful. We're so full of angst. We need to stand up, stand up. For I was so happy Miss Debbie, the song the other day. And Miss Sue was having a heart attack. They started saying, stand up, stand up for Jesus. And Miss Debbie stood up and I said, praise the Lord. And Miss Sue was like, please sit down, please sit down. Yeah. Someone stand up for Jesus. Amen. Someone say something. Someone get a backbone. What happened to pastors with a backbone that would stand up and speak the truth no matter who'd offended? But now we cower in fear over the lie that masks are. If you want to wear one, wear one. Just don't lie to me about it. If you want to wear a plastic shield and you don't weld, wear one. But you are nuts. Ben and I climbed off the plane in Malawi 16 hours on a plane 16 hours and I didn't wear my mask I wore it on my neck like one time I wore it on my shoulder <laughs> they never said anything to me but we get off and you, we have three girls there I thought they had double masks and they goes, no no take a look they're triple masked and a plastic shield I said how do they breathe and she walked up to me she said sir would you please put on a mask Said, man, if masks work and shields work, you ought to be totally good. (laughs) (laughs) Or you're just telling me that three masks and a shield don't work. You say, Pastor, are you trying to be rude? I'm not living to be rude, but here's what I'm I'm tired of living in a world where everyone has to pretend. We have to pretend that we're stupid. (laughs) Now let me let me tell you something. Years ago, uh, several of us went to North Korea. and The Lord's allowed me to travel all over the world. Here's what I couldn't believe. It was surreal, and you can't even come back and explain it to Americans. There's no way to, for the American mind to comprehend what is North Korea. But the best way to put it is, when you walk into North Korea, it is a, a surreal world that has absolutely nothing, where people are totally, totally dominated By a leader that is out of his mind, who controls everything in everyone's life. And if he doesn't like them, he puts them on a star and shoots them with a missile. I'm not making that up. He put his own uncle in a dog cage and allowed pit bulls to eat him for lunch. I couldn't even say in a mixed room what happens to the average person that goes to a prison camp. When you walk in that country, you become part of a surreal world is fake, and you wake up and you hear the propaganda and you have someone there who's recording your conversations. They have recording device they don't have anything else, but they have the ability to record what you're doing. And so you've got to pretend. So basically they just tell you when you get in, you go to this beautiful flower garden and it's all plastic flowers. But you have to pretend. It's be- and they're watering plastic flowers and you're supposed to be like, that's beautiful. <laughs> And we went to a resort and there's no one there. And then they're telling us about all the thousands of people in the casino. That's funny, there's no cars, there's no noise, there's no people, there cobwebs on the front desk. But shh, don't disturb the thousands of guests that are in the casino. And the lady at the front desk is doing it. She's never used a phone before in her life. Here's all she did the whole time we're in there. She grabbed the phone, a robot. You know what America's becoming? You're supposed to be an actor in a very bad movie now that's that final destination and there's a lot of miles between here and there but we're on the same road at this point where they're saying we tell you the lie you believe the lie you promote the lie and you pretend the lie is the truth you know we're we're this far we used to think how would the world accept the antichrist we're only this far away because the spirit of the antichrist has already okay it permeated society and then it permeated places that were called churches that were not churches, and now it's permeated Bible-believing churches where Christians are afraid to speak against a lie. spirit of the Antichrist is a spirit of fear. I've never seen this much fear in the house of God among the people of God. You know how the Antichrist is going to roll? He's going to maintain the people under total fear. He's going to change times and seasons can you wrap your mind around that? He's going to make laws just like the CDC did. You're talking about people that aren't even elected. But they're going to say, you know what? We'd we'll Forget what the Supreme Court ruled. or we'll Forget that the House and Senate is the only, the only body in the United States government that can actually write laws. But we're going to say that if you own a house... And someone's living in the house, you get to pay the mortgage and you get to pay the bills for 18 months. There are people that bought a house that still haven't moved into the house because the people living in the house. And you know what? In order to get forbearance, you don't even have to prove anything because the government's already said, we won't check anything. You know, people just stop paying their rent, their mortgage for 18 months while the owners still have to pay taxes and a mortgage because the people say, we don't want to pay. And the government said, we don't have to pay. And the government just gave us another extension. Oh, let me break the bad news to you. Those of you who think the moratorium ends in a month, it doesn't. Read the fine print. You know who made those rules? Unelected officials. When the Supreme Court said that's not even constitutional. Now we have unelected officials that can trump the Supreme Court. You know why? La, the, the spirit of the Antichrist. Is lawless and lives creating fear. Look what it says in chapter three. I mean chapter two, verse three and seven again. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling white first. That man of what? Man of what? Sin. Man of sin, the ministry of iniquity doth already work. This man is lawless. You know what we have permeating our society. A spirit of lawlessness. How many of you thought you would see people? I'm talking about on a regular a, a, a regular occurrence, people pulling up, getting stopped by policemen, pulling out a gun, and shooting them point blank. I know there are some cases, corrupt policemen, but to make everyone look corrupt, unbelievable what they have done to create Extreme lawlessness, and now when you have cities like Portland, you know, the policemen are saying, forget it. When, when you hear policemen, you talk to policemen in Chicago and these areas, you know what they'll tell? They, they will tell you right up. We get a call, we don't respond to the call. We just let them kill each other and then show up with the emergency vehicle. Would you? You have a mayor that said defund the police, we don't need the police, okay, you don't need us. Solve your own issues. Take care of your own problems. You know what that is? That is the spirit of the Antichrist. Totally lawless. We're living in days that are totally lawless. Kids are lawless, 12 year olds, 14 year olds, and it's come into the church. You know why outreach and bus routes and all these things are becoming more and more difficult? Because there's the spirit of the Antichrist. You know why you need a, an alarm system in your house and you never thought, well, I'll have one before. Because the spirit of the Antichrist is a spirit of lawlessness that gives the appearance of we are law-abiding while promoting lawlessness. Now, hold on for a minute. That seeps into the church. You know what you see in Christian schools? Lawlessness. Theft, thuggery, disobedience. A spirit of lawlessness. That is Now, church, we didn't finish because I can tell you're finished. But tonight, I'm not trying to give you some prophetical message. You know about the Antichrist. You know about the end times. Here's what we want to guard against. As this only gets worse and as the spirit of the Antichrist permeates everything in this world and in our culture, we have to say we have to be careful because if we're not cautious, it would be very easy for us to bring this into the church And we've got to keep the spirit of the Antichrist outside of the church. Well, we say we exalt the word of God. We study the word of God. We promote the word of God. We stand on the word of God. We exalt God and God alone, which will keep the spirit of the Antichrist in the right place, which is outside these doors.